on Tuesday, it was beautiful out. It was like the perfect day. And I took the top off of my Jeep. And I was just enjoying the beautiful weather. And around 6 o'clock, I was hanging out in my living room with my family. And I heard something that sounded like a car accident. And I said, just what is that noise? And I look outside, and it was like the literal heavens had opened up. And God took like a giant bucket and was just pouring it right over my house. And now my Jeep top is completely down, so it is getting soaked. So I run outside, and I'm trying my hardest to get this top back on. But already, just within like two minutes, my entire car is completely completely soaked. There are puddles in the seats. Like it is really disgusting and bad. And I'm trying my hardest. And Jess comes outside with her video camera because she was just loving every second of this. Now I'm not going to show you the video because I had literally just taken my shirt off. I was just soaking wet. I literally said to her in those moments, I feel like I'm more wet from this rain than I am when I go swimming in a pool. Like it was just drenching me. I was soaked. And guys, midway through, I just wanted to give up. I was like, I'm not going to be able to close this. This rain, it hurt as it was coming down. Did any of you guys experience that? Was that just over my house, right? It was really bad. And I was just trying my best to finish that, but I wanted to give up. And I want to talk to you guys for a couple moments today about giving up. I think in our lives, we're all tempted to give up at different things. When I was younger, I couldn't wait to give up soccer. I, and I love sports. I am all about sports, but I hate soccer. And my parents made me play as a little kid. Number one, I hate running. And number two, I hate getting kicked in the shin. And when you are a little kid playing soccer, they kick your shins more than they kick the ball, right? That's just the worst experience. And I hate soccer to this day. I couldn't wait to give it up. And I'm sure you guys know what it's like to give something up in your life. And I want to talk to you more specifically about giving up on your relationship with God. Because I think at times, if we were all honest with ourselves, we've all been tempted to give up in our relationship with God. And there's normally three reasons why we're tempted to give up. The first one is this, is that things in life just got hard. And because things around us got so hard, we felt like we should give up on God. Because if he was a good God, how could he allow all these things? If things are so hard and God really, truly loved me, then he probably wouldn't let all of these things happen in my life. I had a good friend who was a leader when I was in youth group. And he really was more like a friend. And he went to Christian school his whole life, went to college to be a pastor. One of Doug's closest friends was in my life for a really long time. One day, he decided that he wasn't going to follow God anymore because things got really hard in his life. He went through some different trials. One of the big ones that really threw him off track was his brother lost a child at a really young age, and he couldn't wrap his mind around this. He just thought that this was just way too painful. If God was really good and really cared about me, how could he let me go through all these things? We've all been there. We've all experienced something really hard or really difficult, and we wanted to blame God. We've wanted to get angry at him and say, God, if you're really loving, how could this be? And so that's the first thing that we're often faced with, is when things get hard or difficult in life. The second one was this, is that there is a transition in your life. If you go 
from public school, uh, Christian school to public school, or you go from just normal high school and being in youth group to college, or you go from one area to another and you move. Whenever there's transition in your life and you are surrounded by different people, it's easy to want to turn your back on God because you feel like you're leaving everything else behind. You feel like that old life is done and you're stepping into something new now. And the enemy would love to come into your life and he would love to tell you that that's who you used to be, that you don't really have to read your Bible anymore, that you don't have to go to church anymore, that you don't, if you're a Christian, then you really don't have to go as long as you believe and yeah, maybe that's true, but if you want to stay strong in your faith and you want to keep going towards Jesus, you need to be plugged in somewhere. That is a lie from the enemy to try and get you from getting fed and being close to God every single week. And so when there is different changes in our life, there's another time when it's really easy to give up on our faith. Another time is when we're just tired. We're just tired of doing all the right things. We're tired of being good. We're tired of saying no to all the things that our friends are saying yes to. Wouldn't it, does it or doesn't it sound really cool sometimes to want to do some of the things that our friends are doing that we know are bad, that we know are wrong? It's so easy to be tempted to do those things because the world makes them look so pleasing. The world makes them look so good. I have so many friends who are tired of doing the right thing, and they decided to live life on their own. They decided to do whatever looked right in their own eyes, and that's the same temptation for all of us in this room. It's just looking at that thing we know we shouldn't look at. It's going to that party and trying that thing we shouldn't try, or drinking that thing we shouldn't try. Whatever it is that has your eye right now, you know what that thing is. Maybe some of you are really close tonight to giving up because you want to go down that road. So these are really the three things that are always coming at us to try to get us to give up on God. And I want to read you guys a story that I think is just so powerful. It speaks to us no matter what stage you are in all of this. And maybe some of you guys are just saying, I'm doing good. I'm going strong. Then this is an encouragement for your heart. And this is so powerful that you guys get this. This will change your life. Because here's what's so important, is you need to make this decision to never give up tonight. Before you get to that moment. Because sometimes when we're in the heat of the moment, it's way easier to give in if we haven't already made up our minds on what we're going to do and what truth really is. And so there is so much at stake. For those of you that are seniors, you're leaving the comfort of your normal youth group. You're starting brand new. And there's a lot that this world is going to try and throw at you. I hope that you see what this story has to say. And we're going to be in John chapter 6. And what has just happened is Jesus has just fed the 5,000. And this was an amazing miracle that took place. And now all these people wanted to follow him because of what he had just done. And this is what it says in verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and you still do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, 
not to do my will, but to the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of him who has sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. And so here's Jesus with this amazing proclamation. And the people couldn't wrap their heads around it. They are having such a hard time at what he was claiming. What he was claiming in these couple of verses is that he was Savior. And this is not what they expected. They expected the Messiah to come in and save them from their government, to come in as a warrior. But they got Jesus instead. This man who wears robes just like everyone else, but yet had just performed this amazing miracle. And they still couldn't put it together. And he says something a little bit confusing. He says that I am the bread of life. And they had a hard time with that. What he was telling them, really simply, is that salvation is through me and me alone. He was offering them rescue from everything that this life would throw at them. So one day that they could be in heaven with him forever. Today, I saved someone's life. We were at Chick-fil-A, and Joe Levante and me were talking, and we were admiring his brand new pair of pants. And I was saying, Joe, I really like those pants. You know, he had like a little bit of like that, like that ankle gap, and I'm like, maybe I can rock that. And so we're talking, and we're walking in the Chick-fil-A parking lot, which is really dangerous, right? And Joe's showing me his pants, and he has his back turned to this car. And this guy doesn't see Joe and just starts backing up. And at first, I didn't think it was a big deal. I didn't think anything was going to happen. Usually people notice right away when there's someone there. This guy does not notice. He is an inch away from killing Joe. And Joe is just showing off his pants to me, right? And I grab Joe. This is no lie. I grab Joe and I pull him out of the way. And I felt like such a hero. But it's actually probably my fault because I was asking him about his pants, right? But it was so cool to save someone's life, right? But Jesus was telling that to these people right here and there. And they totally missed all of it. Let's go to the next verse. We're going to jump down to verse 60 now. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Where that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? So you go back to the bread of life part. And he says a little bit later on, you know, you need to eat me in order to be saved. And, and they, they, they just couldn't understand that. What do you mean if I'm the bread of life? They just couldn't wrap their minds around it. And so they were offended. They had such a hard time with it because it didn't make sense. But they couldn't grasp his deeper meaning in what he was truly trying to say. And so he says, are you offended by this? Let me ask you a question. What will you do when you're offended by something that God stands for? What if something is happening around you that you think is right? Something that everyone else is telling you is right, but God's word is against Will you be offended with God or will you trust him? Will you believe in his word and know that it's truth and know that it's right? Or will you cause it 
or let it make you fall away because you can't see eye to eye? Or can you trust God in those moments? I know too many people who have gotten offended because God's word made a firm stance on something. And because of that, they walked away. Where are you with that tonight? Are you easily offended? Or do you know that God is absolute truth? Let's go to this next verse now. Verse 62. Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time on, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. It got difficult. It wasn't easy anymore. It wasn't just going around seeing all of these miracles. Real life happened for them. And when things got difficult, they jumped ship. Where are you at tonight in your walk with God? Are there difficult things happening? Are you just waiting to run away from him, to give up? There were all these people that were following him, that believed for a little while, and his disciples greatly decreased in that moment. They couldn't follow anymore because things got difficult. And they will get difficult in your life. And the enemy is waiting for that moment where he can come in and tell you that this is too difficult. This isn't right. This isn't worth it. Walk away from God. You'll be so much happier apart from him. And you'll have a decision to make that I can't make for you, that your parents can't make for you, that only you can make. And if you make the right decision, you will save yourself so much heartache in the long term. But some of you guys are not going to be able to make that decision. My heart breaks for you. And you're going to have to learn the hard, hard way that there is only pleasure by the side of Jesus. That everything else is worthless and it is all in vain. It will never truly satisfy or make you happy. We'll go to verse 67. And this is what it says. You don't want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. So now he's just left with his 12 closest friends. And he looks at them and you can almost hear the sorrow in his words, right? He looks at them and goes, do you guys want to leave too? Everyone else has left me. These were the people that spent time with him, that, that knew him, that saw all these great things that he had done. And he's really asking them a question that we all are faced with at one point or another. And Peter, who normally always says the wrong answer, is about to say, say something so profound that I think all of us need to get in our hearts and truly understand. This is what it says in verse 68. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? See, here's what Peter realized, is that he could never go back to fishing. His life had been radically changed by what he had seen with Jesus. 
He could never go back to the way things used to be. And some of you guys have already experienced too much. You've seen God do too much in this room or in our old building or at Tuscarora. You know that he is real. And so when you are tempted to give up, you need to ask yourself, where else could I even go? I've seen you do too much, Lord. Nothing else offers what you offer, Jesus. I've known true pleasures by your side. And that's something you need to ask yourself. When the devil comes or life comes and says, try something else. Really, what is that thing offering you? Besides momentary pleasure. That's often what it is. Right? Think about all the things that are tempting you. Maybe they last for a night, day, a week. But no one else offers what Jesus offers. So where else will you truly go? You need to really think through that question whenever you are tempted on giving up. And this is what he says after that. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He realized what Jesus was trying to say all along. He gets it. What everyone else didn't get, he gets right now. That Jesus is Savior and that he was offering salvation and that he was offering forgiveness of sins. What else does the world have to offer that can take away your sins? What else does this world have to offer that could give you eternal life? There's nothing. There's nothing. It offers you lust. It tries to offer you pleasure. But like I said before, they always fade. They always leave you empty. So will you willing to trade eternal life for a night of fun? Is that really worth it? Peter goes, no way. I could never go back to just fishing and living my normal life. My life has been forever changed. And the next time you're tempted to give up, you need to ask yourself that same question. And be real with yourself. Really think about what the world is offering you. And if you think it's better, then you should do it. But you'd be wrong in that thinking. Because I promise you that there is nothing else like Jesus. But some of us need to learn that lesson the hard way. My prayer is that none of you would have to. I've seen too many people make that decision, and I've seen so much brokenness in their life. And I pray that you guys wouldn't have to experience that ever. One of my favorite speeches ever was by Winston Churchill. Some of you guys know who he is if your education is paying off. He was the leader in Great Britain during World War II, and he was an amazing leader. He, his words could rally people together, and he was giving a speech at the school that he almost flunked out of. And he gets up to the stage, and the people were so excited to hear from him. He's just this famous figure. And he walks up to the podium, and he says, never give and he pauses for a really long time. You can almost feel the awkwardness in the room from his pause. Looks at the people again and says, 
never give up. Pause again. They're waiting for this gigantic, powerful speech to happen, right? Something that will just give them so much wisdom as they start this next chapter of their lives from this amazing leader whose words were always so powerful. Looks at them one last time. Says, never, ever give up. Walks back to his seat. Sits down. And thunderous applause overtake the entire room. That was his whole speech. That was the only thing that he wanted those people to know that day. Was to never, ever give up. I want you guys to know the same exact thing. To never, ever give up to always keep following Jesus, to keep going after him. And when you are tempted to give up, that you would remember the words of Peter. No matter how difficult life is, no matter how much you feel like life has been unfair to you, what else offers you eternal life? What else offers you forgiveness of sins? When you transition to a new stage of life, what else can really help you through that stage? What else can keep satisfying your heart? Nothing but Jesus. And when you're tempted to give in because you're just tired of doing the right thing, want to experience something else, remember that it's only Jesus that really satisfies. And all the times he tells us not to do something, it is for a reason, it is for a purpose, and there is a greater good. He's protecting you from something. And so, here's the bottom line. What I want you guys to remember is simply this. Always, only Jesus. Always, only Jesus. Nothing else compares. Nothing else comes close. Every time I'm tempted to give up or I'm tempted to get, walk away, because even I am sometimes, I remember Always, only Jesus. No one else offers me forgiveness. Nothing else offers me eternal life but him. I'm gonna pray for you guys as we transition into the next part of our service so the band doesn't have to come up yet. But I'm gonna pray for you guys real quick and then uh, you'll see what we're doing next. God, we thank you so much that you love us, Lord. And I pray, God, as life gets hard and it gets difficult and we're tempted to give in, that we would remember always only Jesus. That nothing else could ever come close to you, Lord. No one offers what you offer. It's truly only you that satisfy God. And I pray for the seniors tonight that are in this room. As they move away from this place, God, that you would be with them, that you would walk with them, Jesus, that they would know that you're always with them, no matter how dark life gets, God. You were right there by their side. Thank you, Lord, so much that you allowed them to be here for so long. What a gift it was to be able to know them, Lord, and pour into their lives. Pray, Jesus, that they would start a fire in their heart tonight that would carry into all these next stages, Lord, as they finish college, as they get married one day. God, I pray that they would leave behind an amazing legacy of women that follow hard after you, Lord, that put you first, Lord, and that generations to come in their family would be blessed because of the decisions that they've made. We love you, Lord.
your name we pray. Amen.